With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, everyone, and welcome to the new episode of the Grindline Podcast. I am your host tonight, Greg, along with Tyler and Ryan. Tyler is so gracious to join us after his binge drinking and uh, running through the streets naked because Boston won the World Series. How are you guys doing tonight? Uh, now that I have that visual, I'm actually awful. <laughs> How are you doing, Tyler? Yeah, I've never been better. No, I'm just kidding. It's 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 good. I mean, I'd rather see my hockey team win a championship, but oh, don't use the baseball those team is a good second best for sure. You saw your hockey team win. It's okay. Yeah, I yeah, know. I know. We we've seen our hockey team win a couple of times. We're we're gonna we're hoping to see them lose some more matches, but uh, <laughs> we we've seen them win plenty to where they uh, it's their time. And I, we saw Luke Glendening beat down tonight, so that was pretty interesting. It's true. That was pretty interesting, I thought. Yeah. So we got a few things to talk about tonight. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the injuries and the call-up that happened, with a lot, as well as the send-down. We're going to talk about Michael Rasmussen playing his 10th game. We're going to talk about how Dylan Larkin has taken it upon himself to put this entire team on his back. And that how inconsistency of this team is is the key to their play right now. Um, but we want to start off with the injuries and the call-up. So, Vanek, uh, after last game, if you don't know today, we're recording. It is the 1st of November. So, happy Halloween to everybody. Uh, happy winter time now. Uh, and and all, the retail, all the retail stores will say Merry Christmas uh, starting today. Miller Lite so, already had a freaking Happy Holidays Christmas yeah, song commercial. I'm over, so. I'm over it. Uh, but uh, Vanek got hurt, lower body injury. I believe it's his knee. He's out two to three weeks. So they have called up none other than the famous Wade Megan from the Grand Rapids Griffins, who has played a total of four uh, NHL games in his entire career. And they sent down, they did finally send down Joe Hicketts. So Wade Megan up, Joe Hicketts down. Uh, I, I, I guess I can ask you guys, what do you think of Wade Megan? But I'm sure the answer is who? Well, um, yeah. The Wade Megan experience is actually one that started, um, I believe, three or four years ago when he graduated from Boston University. I, so I, 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 I remember. <laughs> I, no, you know what? I remember the guy. He was a captain at BU, so he was actually he was actually pretty good in college. But that goodness in college didn't translate to the National Hockey League or even the American Hockey League level. So. Uh, I guess I don't really have a leg to stand on with that argument. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm looking at the old hockey database here. His AHL stats have been pretty decent since he came in. Um, oh, he has played good in the AHL. Okay. AHL, yes. Uh, he led 16-17. I think he is what I saw the stat earlier on the, the broadcast here. He led the league in goals in the AHL. So he brings that touch, but the biggest question mark is going to be will it translate. But, however, as you just mentioned, he's only played four games in the NHL. 
And my first response to seeing him on the training camp roster was, who the fuck is this guy? So he Did he like, come over from Chicago? Yeah, he was with uh, the last the couple Wolves. of years, the Wolves of the AHL. Yeah. And he's been in St. Louis's uh, pipeline. Yeah, the thing with the – well, no, so that's the weird part. So half of the Chicago Wolves last year was St. Louis. Half of it was Vegas because Vegas and St. Louis share the Chicago Wolves. Oh, let's so see. It's a weird thing every day. Yeah, it's a weird team. And, and what I've seen so far of Wade Megan is he's looked solid. He had a really good scoring opportunity on a, a semi-breakaway. I mean, he's a fourth-line guy. If he plays in the NHL, he's, what, 28? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah he's, that you're 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 cheering for him, but at the same time you're just like, uh and I well, understand the, the call up. late bloomers. You never know. Yeah. I understand the call up though because they're not looking to win games. They're looking to bring people up and have them play a couple. They're not gonna say, "Hey, bring up Zadina for a couple," because there's no point. They're yeah. not trying to win right now. It, it's. They're, they're trying to compete. They're trying to get the kids experience and they're trying to get them draft picks, yeah, which is, which is where we need to be. Yeah. And to the point of like bringing in Zadina for the situation is exactly right. Like bringing Zadina for two to three games or maybe three to four, it doesn't even really matter. It's, it's once Anthony Sue and Nielsen are back from their injuries, then Bannock coming back, it's, they're going to be sending them right back down. You want them to be up there and stay here. And that's where the talk we've talked about it before has been coming up later on in the year to stay, hopefully. If he does, that's great. If he doesn't, right. he'll be there eventually. And that's just all we can hope for. Yeah. And speaking of people staying, uh, Michael Rasmussen, this is his uh, last game was his 10th game, the game against Columbus. And what a 10th game he had in scoring his first NHL goal off a beautiful pass. It. Off a beautiful pass by Vanek. Uh, Rass has looked pretty solid recently. Uh, he's knows where he needs to be. He's using his body to, to get people out of the front of the net. He's asking for the puck. I've seen him so far in this game, tapping his stick quite a few times. So he wants it. He's, he has a little more situational awareness. He knows when he can get his shot off. So Rass has been looking better. Still only has two points in 10 games. Uh, but I, I see him improving and I think he'll be a solid net front guy. Uh, what have you guys seen in Rass, and what do you think about burning his ELC? Which I guess really doesn't matter. Uh, I've been I've been enjoying watching him since day one. It started in the training camp. I thought he looked great there. I thought he looked fantastic in the prospects tournament, even. And uh, he's he's made himself at home. It's been the growing pains of a young forward, and you can tell he's still 19 years old. But like the Columbus game is he, his first game back after sitting out a game to get an idea and kind of make his presence felt. And that was a make or break game to an extent because it was his 10th one. So he's burning that year of the ELC, but his performance in that game, he got notification. I think it was a Detroit news article I was reading. He's staying for the year. So that's exactly what you want to see. And if he can continue to just grow off that first goal, that's all. That's what you hope for. You know, I haven't watched every single game from start to finish for obvious reasons with the world series and all that. But um, from from the games that I have seen and the highlights and everything like that, condensed games and stuff like that, he he looks good. You know, he's big. He needs to bang the bodies a little bit more and, and, you know, get in front of the net a lot more. But he's 
he looks fast. I, a lot of people said that he wasn't going to be a good skater. I think he's pretty good out there. I think he's got a good head for the game. I, I think overall, I mean, you can't really ask for more other than, you know, being a little bit more physical in the corners and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, obviously with more ice time and stuff like that, the confidence is going to grow and, and you know, the points will come. Yeah, Rass, like I said, Rass will be a solid second-line guy, second, third-line guy on this team, depending on who else comes up. No, I was going to say, I mean, long-term, long if he continues to play like this, he's, I mean, we've talked about it before, kind of ad nauseum, he's going to get stronger and, and more powerful. So, so there, there we go. That's what I hope that he continues to do, and he's gaining confidence, and he's building off that confidence. And he just well, looks like he belongs on the ice, and I love it. Uh, let me just it's say awesome. one more thing, too, yeah. um, Greg. So, like, I mean, over the last few years, the Wings don't have, obviously, like the superstars they once had. So getting dirty goals like Bertuzzi does or like Rasmussen is, you know, hopefully was going to is a very key, important part to, you know, turning this thing around in the next few years, getting a guy that is able to score some dirty goals. Because you're Mm -hmm. not going to be able to score, you know, beautiful goals every single night. It's just not realistic to think that way unless you get the Nikita Kucherov or like, you know, a guy like that. Hopefully Zidina. Zidina, yeah. I mean, you think about it too with some of these guys that they're hoping to be a strong net fronts, like you just mentioned, Burton and Rasmussen. If Giovanni Smith comes to head and actually starts making a difference and is able to crack the roster and be up there at the third, fourth right. line guy, they've right. got. If you can have three stuff. guys like that, yeah, on they've got. Line. Just, I mean, Tampa Bay's kind of got that with their Tyler Johnson, their Kalorn, and when they had Boyle, so that that could be a good three-headed monster for hell in front of the net. Exactly. 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 So the next thing we're going to go to is a guy who is doing it all right now, and that is Dylan Larkin, uh, the future captain of this team, Dylan Larkin, who literally in the Columbus game put the entire team on his back, and he's up and down the ice. He's playing offense. He's playing defense. He's a puck magnet. He got a beautiful shorthanded goal where he lifted the stick of a diving player to grab the puck and get a breakaway. That was fantastic. And it was Larkin, Seth, of all the players, it was Seth Jones. Yeah, Larkin was a he he was a beast in Columbus. It's like something unlocked in his head. And he's doing it again tonight against New Jersey. He's just finding ways to get the puck. There was one part in the in when he was on ice where he got the puck, shot, the other team got the puck, he took it back from them, circled around. He had the puck in the uh offensive zone like three times on one shift just getting it himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, again, he's back 12 points in 12 games. That's 13 points in 13 games now with an assist tonight. Yep. So I don't know if he assisted on that uh, Rasmussen goal, if he was on the ice or not. Oh. Um, he, no, I don't believe so. I mean, he's got 13 points in 13 games, and if he keeps it up and he's a point-per-game player this year, that's, that's gold. That's what you want. Larkin is looking like, he could can be a superstar type player on the Red Wings roster. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what we've been talking about and hoping for and basically preaching for the last several weeks, I guess, if you will. And he's, he's taken the onus of Zetterberg being gone and he knows what he has to do. And it's a beautiful thing to watch. What do you think about Larkin so far, Tyler? Uh, Larkin has looked, I mean, even just watching him right now, some, some of the moves he makes and, and, you know, the head he has for the game. And 
you know, the speed obviously is the most evident and the, the, the biggest weapon that he possesses. But uh, like what's underrated about him is, is the way he is able to, you know, have vision and, and, you know, be able to create something out of nothing, that kind of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, uh, and then he leads a team in points. So it's, it's just a good thing to see if you're a Red Wing fan and you have hope for the future and stuff like that, because, you know, it kind of does look bleak at times, but I mean, then you, then you realize you do have a, a guy, especially with the intangibles that he has of possibly being the future captain as well. They do those post, they were doing those post game interviews with them too, and are with the players after Columbus. And they're just talking about like, they asked Jimmy, they're like, how was Larkin's play tonight? He had uh, like three points and he was all over the ice up and down. And Jimmy even said like Larkin is, is a leader to those those guys and, and Larkin's play is is amazing and and Rasmussen has said the same thing Rasmussen said he he looks up to Larkin and Larkin's a leader he Rasmussen lives with Larkin now Larkin invited Rasmussen to live with him I did not know that that's that's awesome so Larkin will oh, drive him, yeah Larkin will drive him to the ice he's teaching even though he's young himself he's teaching the rookies how to compete how to go to the the ice every day and train and, and how to live the game. And that's that's what they need. They're people that live the game. And that's exciting right. too because of how much you can just visibly see the growth that Larkin has made since he was his first season, how much size he's put on. And you've seen videos of his off-season program. If you got Rasmussen living with him, that can only add fuel to that fire of him getting his ass into shape, into better shape and growing as an individual and player. Yeah, but uh, I think we're going to read some dumb comments about Dylan Larkin. Oh, God. And our, our, I think we're going to end up calling this segment Trash Takes because uh, it's it's just the, the garbage that I've seen come out of, of these are astonishing. So someone posted on Facebook, Larkin deserves the C, prove me wrong. Okay, after the Columbus game, that's what was posted. Uh-huh. One of the responses was, oh, good Lord, he's 12 years old. Now get a couple of goals and you get the C on other non-original six teams likely, but not in Detroit. Never been that way. I guess as long as we're selling out, give him the C. It completes the whole picture. What? Oh, God. <laughs> yep. What? Yep. I I just don't. I don't understand. They follow up with saying he's inexperienced. Uh, an inexperienced player on a lackluster lineup would never be a first liner on a better than 500 team. I, I mean, I just, I don't understand. I mean, he's I, saying there are other people on the team that have more potential than Larkin. Yeah. Who? I, they didn't answer. That's the other thing. Didn't answer. Luke Lundell. No, when, whenever, you, whenever you ask people questions like that, they don't answer you. There are other people saying that he's still too young. Not yet. It's too early to put the C on anyone. I, no, I, I just, agree with that to an extent, only because, it, yeah, not this season. But that's just that's just dumb. Those are the same people that think Henrik Zetterberg still plays for the Wings. Yeah, here we go. Here's another funny one about uh, prove me wrong why Larkin shouldn't be captain. They said his turnover numbers and his plus minus. Oh, there we go. Plus minus. The dude's yep. on the ice for oh, over a third of the game. That, that, that caused me to do a little bit of digging. And, and what I found was that last season, Dylan Larkin averaged 0.7 turnovers per game, right? Connor McDavid averaged 1.7 turnovers uh, per game. So I guess that makes Connor McDavid shit. Uh, he shouldn't cap. 
captain and he should probably just be traded out of Edmonton because he has more turnovers. Like, yep. I, I hate when people pick two stats that literally, uh, of course, he's going to turn it over more. He has the puck more. Mm-hmm. That's just how it works. Players with a puck more will turn it over more. It doesn't make any sense. But people just want to find any reason, apparently. There are some people that want to find any reason to hate Dylan Larkin, and I don't get it. The only thing I still get frustrated by is the, the random penalties that he takes, which he did that in this period, and they scored a power play goal on it. But guess what he just did? He The power play goal that Rasmussen just scored, he drew the penalty to get Detroit on the power play. It, the the mistakes that he make are minuscule in regards to the greater good that he's providing this team. And for anyone to say otherwise, they just need to eat their words. It's the same kind of people that say the Red Wings need to keep winning. They need to show these kids how to win. And I'm like, that's so get another middling pick and extend the rebuild. That doesn't make any sense. You need to finish this year in the bottom three and get a solid pick rebuild is just that you can't rebuild with garbage picks and getting in the squeaking into the playoffs and losing makes no sense. You're not going to always luckily get a uh, late round Datsuk or Zetterberg. That's the, those days are long gone. It's not the nineties anymore. The scouting. I mean, I mean you may get lucky once once every four or five years, but I mean, yeah. why get lucky when you can be in the, the bottom three of the league? Exactly. Guarantee yourself a no. top six pick. Now, I'm going to say one thing, and you guys probably aren't going to agree with it, and I don't care, but I, I'm i not for tanking. I'm not for losing on purpose, throwing games, et cetera. No. I'm for if the team's bad enough and they don't, they don't feel like they can win, where, like you said, they're, they're going to call up a Wade Megan before they're going to f- call up a Philip Zadina or, um, uh, you know, one of those guys. Just so, like, uh, it, yeah, just to fill it instead of, you know, bringing up someone that, you know, think you think you can help or think you can help win or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's that's my thoughts on that. Like, I know let's lose every single game on purpose. Like, I, I don't think the players in the locker room are thinking that as well. You know, I think it's more of like we're not good enough. We have a lot of rookies in the lineup. Not so much now as we did at the beginning of the season. There's still there's still a considerable amount of, of talent gap between the Red Wings and the rest of the NHL. No, absolutely. And you look at these these twelve games, how many of them have they been in until the final couple minutes of a game? They've maybe yeah. only ever been out of two games, two, like two completely games. out. That was it. Yeah, the one game I went to. Yeah. yeah. That's because you went to the Montreal game were the only two games where you can really say that. Every other game they've had a managed to either take a lead or they've been tied going into the final period and they just can't hold th- on. And it's I just think the, a lack of goal scoring. I think the only other game you can kind of argue with, though, is that, that Carolina Hurricanes game. That was brutal. That was like one of the worst Red Wings games I've ever watched. Well, when they had like 35 so, shots in two periods. Yeah. Yeah. yeah was, I mean, there was there was no help in that game. That was terrible. No. Yeah, that leads us into our last point of the night, though, is that the the Red Wings this season, and it's improved. You saw the improvement in Columbus, and you've even seen the improvement here against Jersey, is they've been horribly inconsistent in some games where they'll play a full game and compete, and then the next game, it's like like the game against Carolina, they laid down. They let, let, in like thir- they let them take like 36 shots. So inconsistency right now is the key to their game and i get it because 
you're with rookies and the rookies are trying to learn how the different teams play. And a lot of that's done through tape, but you don't really know what's happening until you get on the ice with them. Yeah. It's it, like the perfect example of their inconsistency is the Columbus game. I think the other night they went up, what, three, nothing, their first three goal lead they've had all season. And one of probably a very few that they'll have at all. And they just sat back on their heels. Like they went into their old crux of just letting things happen and let the things come to them. And they could sure enough, they held on to win, but it was a three, three game all of a sudden and within a matter of minutes. And they just got been going back and forth like that, like the second period. So throughout these first 12 games have been awful for them. And it just, that's been, but most of it, you watch it. It's just, these guys are, they're flying all over the ice, but they're putting themselves out of position. There's just, they don't, they know the game, but they don't know the game at the same time. Exactly. And that's, I mean, it's something that will, it's something that'll come to them once they, I mean, there's still a, a lot of the team is new and they need to develop chemistry and that's what they're doing mm-hmm. right now. Yes. That's what you see chemistry developing with Dennis Chalowski. You see chemistry developing with Michael Rasmussen learning their roles on the team, how they fit and what they're meant to do. And again, Chalowski, what he broke another wings record. He was like the fourth wing to have seven points in their first 12 games or something. First 10. Yep. Yes. Seven points in 10 games as as a rookie. So they're learning what their place is on the team and they're adapting to that role. And Mm -hmm. and they're going to be inconsistent for a while. It's just a given. And the other thing I'm going to go back to that Blue Jackets game, my favorite piece of it is the scoring line. Rasmussen, Mantha, Bertuzzi, Larkin. Every yeah. single one of those guys are under 23 years old. And guys you're trying to develop and, and you know become part of the future team. That right there is going to be your core moving forward. Exactly. Right. And- and that's, I mean, you'll get rid of, you might get rid of someone like Athanasiu. I know they'll probably try to make a couple trades at the deadline here. Nyquist is most likely gone at the deadline. Uh, they might trade Howie by the deadline just to reacquire him at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. I don't, if someone will offer to, to take Jimmy Howard and then you just tell Howie, hey, we're just going to resign you at the end of the season for two years or whatever until a goalie develops and you can get a fourth round pick for him or something i would do it mm-hmm. so I'd, I'd try to stretch it to a third but i totally agree what else you got tonight watching this game i mean so far in this game against new jersey i think they've looked much better and you kind of touched on a little bit ago in, in terms of a, a complete game which is something they've been lacking and they're just flying all over the ice again that's the thing i think that's been impressing me the most for most many of their games is the speed that they have. It's been fantastic. And it's, and of course, Cronwell gets a stupid penalty on a guy that's way faster than him. But if they can maintain the speed, keep getting the chemistry coming together, it, there's, there's so much potential, maybe not necessarily this year, but going into the next couple of years as the roster turns over a little bit more and some of these young guys get that experience. Tyler, what are you what are you gonna, you gonna watch hockey more now that the freaking World Series is over and you can well, actually pay attention? Of course. I mean it's not like I haven't been watching like the condensed game or like sometimes I'll even watch the game like um on the NHL TV and I'll like skip through all the commercials and stuff and I'll watch it. It's not like I haven't been watching, but 
it's it's been pretty tough with the World Series and stuff like that. But like, I mean, this this team is very inconsistent. I mean, you can see it. Some games they'll play really well, and lose a game. Some games they'll they won't even show up. Then there'll be some games where they play half the game, and then the rest of the game they kind of go into a shell, kind of like Columbus. Although they got themselves out of that, which was which was very fortunate. Tonight, I mean, I'm just waiting for something to go bad, unfortunately. But I mean, so far so good. I mean, it's a pretty good and now the penalty for Cronwall so we'll see what happens I forget who the wings were playing right but there was a world series game on and so I had one of the wings games on my other tv and Justin the Abdulkader and Luke Glendening had a two-on-one and Abdulkader instead of passing the puck well actually I probably would have shot the puck too if Luke Glendening was on the left or right but instead of shooting the puck or instead of passing the puck, he just comes in and takes his little dinky shot and missed the net. Then they came back the other way and almost scored. I forget what game it was, but it was like the most poorly executed two-on-one I've ever seen in my life. I guess my final thoughts for tonight is Justin Abdelkader is like the worst player on this entire team, and it's not even close. I, I don't understand how he gets paid so much money, how he gets so much ice time, and what the hell he's still doing here. Besides being a Michigan-born guy, which they love, so, I yeah, just... well, he went to the wrong school in Michigan, anyways, Greg. Oh boy. Oh yeah, I I know that, but I mean, he won a, a national title in hockey more recently. You know what? I don't, I don't think I like your tone, Ryan. You know what, Ryan? What was the last uh, time Ohio State won anything in hockey? Uh, where's my boot? Where's my boot button? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, Abdulkader and guy. I hope they can just trick someone into taking his contract or something just open up another no spot and give a kid a chance so no uh, one's taking him greg let's not waste our breath on hey, that yeah, i'm it's hoping a, it's, it's the same same breath as trying to hope that freaking erickson was gonna get bought out the last two three years it never happened yeah you know, they should have done i don't know what the hell they were doing not doing that but uh and then i guess my other final well, we're thought, in the situation we're in yeah exactly can't fix it and I guess my other final thought is we will be getting some guests on the show. Oh, yeah. None other than George Malik. Uh, I have yep. a request in with Craig Custance. We're going to get him on at the, uh, towards the end of November. Just got to make our schedules line up. So we'll have Craig from The Athletic yep. on. We're going to get some uh, Wings fans from a uh, local Facebook group on to talk some hockey and some stats. And, and we'll be rolling with our featured, uh, our featured guests uh, but I think we're going to start with George Malik. He's an awesome guy to talk to. He's got a he has the same kind of outlook as us on the team. Not super sunny, but actually keeping it real. So, uh, very um, honest opinions. He's also exactly. he's also been on the show before uh, previously yeah. when we were the winged octopus. So, well, let's uh, shout out our Twitter handles, Tyler. If you can remember yours, you can go first. <laughs> yep, you can follow me at Seal Dog ninety one on Twitter. Ryan <laughs> at RD Ryan thirty three. Uh, you can follow me online on Twitter at Bringing the Wing. You can follow the Grindline Podcast online at Grindline Pod. Please subscribe to us. The more subs we get, the better chances we get at getting sponsors and cool stuff like that so we can offer you guys deals. Uh, but subscribe to us on Spotify, on iTunes, on Podbean, on Stitcher. Uh, you can find our podcasts everywhere. <clears throat> but for Ryan and Tyler, I am Greg, and you guys stay classy, Hockey Town. <laughs>